You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans. Ed Valentine and Emily Iannacone of Big Blue View here on both YouTube and on the Valentine's Views podcast to uh, talk about the the latest frustrating, disheartening New York Giants loss. This one, twenty to seventeen, on Monday Night Football against the the Kansas City Chiefs. This is really, for me, this is really the third time this season the Giants came away with a loss that should have been a victory. M, I I have to start here. Um, you know, la- last week I gave you a hard time because because you uh, you you were representing with a with a classic Giants sweatshirt after the Giants beat the Panthers. I, I don't see any Giants gear today. <laughs> I knew you would notice something, Ed. You know, I wore the sweatshirt that I believed was good luck watching the game last night. I had it on, and obviously, because of because of how how everything ended, I am no longer certain it is good luck, and I have retired the sweatshirt for the time being. Give gave it gave it back to Grandpa, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's not helping me anymore. Oh, um, I, you know, I, I watched the game last night and I try to, to be as unemotional and as analytical as I can in the post game. But, you know, there's always, there's always some, you know, some frustration that seeps in. And, and, mm-hmm. and what I said to you before we started the show is I'm simply tired of this. I'm tired of, I mean, basically you can trot out the same script every time the Giants mm-hmm. lose a close game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Bad clock management, horrible wasted timeouts, mm-hmm. stupid penalties, complete lack of discipline by players on the field, and incredibly conservative decision-making from, from Joe judge. This is three times this season that we've seen losses like this against Washington, against Atlanta, and now against, you know, the Kansas city chiefs. I can't pin this. I know that the players have made the mistakes, but I can't pin this on the players. I can't pin two and six on the players. I can't pin two and six on the roster. I'm not going to pin two and six on Dave Gettleman. 
even though, you know, we can all question his offensive line decisions and, and things of, of that nature. Mm-hmm. I like Joe Judge. I think Joe Judge has a future as an NFL head coach, but I can't do anything at this point today other than pin two and six and pin last night at the feet of Joe Judge. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to say to blame it to blame it all necessarily on Judge, but the game plan was really well executed by the players yesterday. Of course there was the lack of of discipline and there were the penalties which I'm sure we can, you know, dive more into, but especially on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary, it was a really really well executed and smart game plan by not only Patrick Graham but then by by the players themselves. There's a lot of really really smart plays and it, it felt like a lot of the players like a Dory Jackson and I mean Bradbury and some of these other guys have, have been consistently good, but it also seemed like some of these guys at their best game of the season yesterday. And it, it was just really, really well executed. It felt like they were constantly in the right spot. And so it, it is, it's, it's frustrating when it comes down to, you know, the, the botched two minute drive at the end of the, of the first half is I feel like a, a kind of a good microcosm for the game as a whole, because I mean, they didn't have any timeouts left, which, it was frustrating and they and they should have there was no reason to have no timeouts left but then it was also just so so poorly executed they ran the ball up the middle of the field and lost so they got the first down but they lost so much time in the process and there there were penalties on that drive it was that drive as a whole it was just kind of symbolic of the game because that was sort of that was kind of how it all turned out it came down to penalties and then poor clock management which is, yeah, which a lot of which goes back to judge because it's a lack of discipline. Well, I was flabbergasted, Em, and I don't know if you've seen Joe's quotes yet in regards to uh, to the use of the timeouts, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joe Judge is a guy who preaches situational awareness. He comes from the Nick Saban, Bill Belichick coaching trees. Joe Judge knows better. He he stood in front of the media last night and said that he used two timeouts last night because of headset issues. He stood there and he said he's used timeouts and he's had headset issues in every game this season. Now, I think that's ridiculous. I think that's something the NFL needs to figure out. But then he said, well, we're going to have to come up with a plan, whether it's hand signals or something else. We're going to have to come up with a plan, you know, to figure out what to do when this happens. And and my jaw is on the floor. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. This is a head coach who preaches being aware of situations. He's had a situation come up now in eight straight games, mm-hmm. according to his own admission. Mm-hmm. And he does not yet have a plan for dealing with it. Have a defensive call, have a hand signal, have something prepared in the event that this happens. Mm-hmm. I'm just flabbergasted that mm-hmm. halfway through an NFL season that the Giants don't have a plan for dealing with this. Right, right. And I think that's sort of what I had had written when we picked the games, when our staff you know, picks the games for each week. And I said that while the Chiefs are obviously having 
are, are obviously more vulnerable than they've been in recent years. And they looked beatable. They were beatable. We absolutely, absolutely. should have won the game. Yeah. I and I but I said I remember writing that um at the end of the day I still picked the Chiefs because the Giants are the Giants and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. And I feel like that is what you were you were also just saying. It kind of illustrates this I it's a lack of discipline, but it's also like what Judge is saying after the game about about the headsets and not having backup plans and not having other other ways to go about winning the game. You just get the sense that that's something that doesn't happen to a team like the Chiefs. And it just proves that old mantra that losing teams find ways to lose. And that, to me, the headset, whatever that is about, if I my jaw dropped when I read that. I mean, to that, to me, that's just another example of that. We just found another way to lose. Yeah, that it's just nonsense because when you're eight games into the season and when you've had this problem before and you know it crops up, yes, you deal with the league to try to fix it, but it's a situation that happens in the game. Have a backup plan. You know, ha- tell your tell your defense that if this happens, we're going to play this defense. Tell your offense that if this happens, have Daniel Jones have a play ready to run. Tell Jones to just to call a play. Don't waste timeouts. The consistent wasting of timeouts, whether it's headsets or anything else, I mean, that cost the Giants an opportunity to score points at the end of the first half. They didn't have timeouts. They had to use a running play on third and very short because of a questionable spot where they weren't given a first down, where maybe they could have been given the first down. I'm not sure. But not having timeouts cost them all kinds of time, cost them a scoring opportunity. Not having timeouts at the end of the game. I mean, I'm sorry, it's... It's a bad look when Andy Reid, who is absolutely famous for decades of clock mismanagement, (laughs) it's absolutely a horrible look when, you know, pardon the pun, but when Andy Reid cleans your clock in clock management at the end of the game, that's a horrible look. Mm -hmm. I mean, you knew that the Giants weren't going down the field to score with a minute and seven seconds left. And I'm not going to kill the offensive line for giving up two sacks because the offensive line by and large did mm-hmm. a representative, respectable job last night. You know, Kansas city was of course going to just pin their ears back and send a bunch of rushers and get after Daniel Jones. And that's what happens when you're desperate, mm-hmm. but the Giants were desperate because they didn't leave themselves enough time. They didn't leave themselves any timeouts, and it's because of the way they managed the clock. You can't continue to call timeouts because, oh, my God, we're not in the perfect defense. Right. Or, oh, my God, we don't have the perfect personnel on the field for, for this situation. Or, oh, my God you know, we're not going to get this player off the field on time and we're going to get penalized five yards. That's, that is on the coaching staff. You know, if, if you're not sure, and Carl Banks says this all the time on his radio appearances and on his own 
podcast with Bob Papa on the Believe, you know, Sports Network. But if you're not sure, if you're in a confusing situation, have one or two play calls, have one or two defenses that you can go to that you just fall back on mm-hmm. instead of wasting timeouts instead of being in the wrong defense that costs you a big chunk play, just have a go-to defense that you can, that you can fall back on because this stuff, you know, week after week, it's costing the giants. It's costing the giants time. It's costing the giants opportunities. And, and, and it just makes me shake my head because I, I'm a Joe judge supporter. I'm a believer in the fact that I think Joe has the right mentality in a lot of ways. He has the right idea. He has a plan for how to get the Giants where he wants them to go. I think he can be a good NFL head coach. But at some point in time, I you know, you, you need to see victories and, and you need to see you know, what he calls for from his players. You mm-hmm. need to see improvement from the sidelines. Right. Absolutely. And I, I think the lack of the the clock management and like you said, the not having a backup plan in those situations, which because as Joe said himself, this is something that's come up again and again, apparently. I don't know why this is a recurring issue, but apparently it is. So if that's the case, there should be a backup plan. But it's also just it speaks largely speaks largely to his conservative nature and just the cautious approach in which he he went about the entire game. And I feel like that's also kind of what's more even what's worth dissecting even more because, you know, they, they went for it on fourth, fourth and one early in the game and, and it worked for judge. It worked out. Kyle Rudolph finally has a touchdown. I think it's his first in 16 games and it's finally kind of on the map as a giant. It worked. The risk paid off, but then they didn't go for it on fourth down and two with 2.48 left to play after an eight-play, eight, 86-yard drive, and they settled for, for the 23-yard field goal. And then there was also they elected to punt from fourth and three midway through the third quarter. There was a lot of conservative decision-making overall, too, which speaks to also kind of the clock lack of clock management because in an, with another team, maybe a coach just sort of trusts his players to, to come up with something. Maybe you don't have the perfect play. Maybe you're not perfectly set, but you figure it out and you come up with something and some, and maybe it's riskier, but at least, you know, you're not, you're giving yourself a chance to, to win and you're not wasting timeouts. And I, I think it's just the larger conservative nature of judge that he's kind of demonstrated throughout his whole tenure also just, just speaks to the, the, the clock management as well. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting. I've been critical of Joe for his fourth down decision makings and, and you're right. Joe is incredibly conservative when it comes to fourth down, when it comes to let's play to the special teams, let's play to the defense. If you look at the analytics, the analytics will tell you that, that almost every team in the NFL goes for it on fourth down more often than the giants do. And there were, I get this email every week from, from edge sports, which is part of football outsiders. And, and one of the things that they break down is the, what they call the worst coaching decisions of the week. 
and they're they're based on analytics and they at the email that I got this morning based on Joe's fourth down decision making on Monday night they credited Joe with four of the 11 worst coaching decisions of the week all based on fourth downs four of the worst 11 decisions of the week and now the one that I disagree with strongly is the fourth and two first half fourth and two and I've said this repeatedly and and it was a hundred percent on display last night the Giants were the underdog Kansas City has a better offense. Mm-hmm. The Giants are two and five on the road in Kansas City against the you know a Kansas City team that's that's looking for a win and got problems of its own. You're on the five yard line. Mm-hmm. He said after the game, "Well, we thought we would kick the field goal and we would play to our defense and all of that." And I find that to be nonsense. If you want to play to your defense. Go for it on fourth and two. If you miss it, you've got Kansas City backed up at the five-yard line. Mm -hmm. Trust Mm -hmm. your defense that way to maybe get a turnover, maybe get a stop, maybe get you good field position. Mm -hmm. And I don't buy Joe's explanation, which he uses all the time, that, well, sometimes the aggressive play is to punt or sometimes the aggressive play is to kick the field goal. Mm. No, the aggressive play is to try to take the game by the throat, show some faith in your players and go try to win the game. And you just, you can't kick field goals and beat teams that are better than you are. You just can't. Absolutely. I think that the, the context of this game, like you said, being on the road against a chiefs team that really, really needed a win, especially because I think they have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL, if not the toughest after this week. They really needed to win last night on primetime in front of everyone. The whole the whole stage is set. So to me, exactly, why aren't you just putting it all out there on the field? You're the visiting team. You really kind of have no place winning this game. So why not at least try? Why not go for it? Leave it all on the field. I agree. I saw what he said after the game, and I had the exact same thought. If you believe in your defense, then you can also believe in them to get a stop if you aren't able to convert on fourth down. And we've also seen this Giants offense has a really, really hard time in the red zone. It is not our strong suit. It is not where we are successful. And so we I, we almost have to accept that as a weakness until we can fix it. And we need, we need to take advantage of every opportunity that we have. We have shoot four with two. You know, shoot your shot. Yeah, absolutely. There's you like you said, the the one with the, the drive at the end of the first of the first half is is really, really hard to swallow, especially with that game so much in reach. It's it's just like if, if you don't go for it there, then kind of like what are you what are you doing then? It's it's kind of like are you are you playing to win? And I don't think I know, you know, his special teams ways and judge has you know comes from that background, but that's Playing the field position game isn't always going to work. It's it's helpful, and obviously it's it's better if you can play a stronger field position game, but it, it's not always successful. And if you're standing right there and it's so hard for the Giants to get into the red zone, 
I just, I just feel like you have, you have to recognize your weakness there and go for it and give yourself as many opportunities as you can. Like I said, shoot your shot when you have an opportunity. And, and it's interesting because it, it's a small point in the overall picture of the game. And I know that the Giants under Joe, they defer every time they win the coin toss. And I quite honestly thought last night was a situation where, mm. no, you don't defer. You don't, which the Giants did. You don't defer. Mm. You take the football because you don't put Patrick Mahomes on the field right away in a game where he knows he's got something to prove. Mm-hmm. Take the football, put the Kansas City defense, which is their worst unit, which is having a horrible year, put the Kansas City defense on the field first and go take a lead. Yeah. You know, go go take a lead on the first drive, even if it's a three-nothing lead. Go take a lead. But a you know, point. but it but but the Giants deferred and and it it didn't cost them points in the end. But I still it's another decision I would have preferred to see the Giants, you know, take the football and, and go down and, and try to score. But mm-hmm. You know, we, we can't we can't spend the whole show complaining about Joe. I mean, well, we could, we could, and and and, and we've spent a good chunk of it complaining about Joe. But mm-hmm. I I just I, I come away watching the game last night, and I just can't believe. I mean, two more injuries to wide receivers. I was just it's, going to say that <laughs> it's like you've got to be kidding me. It's it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I was going to go there even even without the segue because and while I, I will limit the complaining about Judge, I also I think that it should have been, you know, on coach's mind. When you have a really depleted offense, you're going in with so so many fewer weapons than you usually have. I just think that's another reason to try to take advantage of your scoring opportunities. But yes, we had we had some players actually return yesterday. We had Sterling Shepard back on the field. Tony was back on the field, although he was really limited in the first half. I think he had one catch for five yards. He was limited mostly the whole game. I think he had 26 yards all game. I thought the Giants were really, really careful with Kadarius Tony. I thought they only yeah. exposed him on the punt return yep. because they had nobody else who could go back there and catch right. the ball. After Dante Pettis, Dante Pettis left because of, of an injury on um, when he was, when he muffed the punt earlier in the game. Um, no, it was, it was pretty, there, there were even more injuries and it was, it was kind of like the giants had just taken a small step forward as far as the injuries. And then they were set back once again, but it, I think it's still strange because even with the injuries, so few receivers were involved in the game. I mean, I know they were limiting Tony in the beginning to kind of, just because he was coming off of the injury. But, I mean, Slayton hardly saw anything. Engram, I didn't even know he was in the game really until he caught that touch, which is usually fine for me. I don't usually mind that. <laughs> but he he looked like he was hardly on the field. Like I said, Slayton. I just – it these players the, – the wide receivers were just really, really quiet in general. There weren't – I mean, John Ross had the explosive play. So it's just – it's great that other players are stepping up and kind of making big plays. I mean, Devontae Booker had a great game on the ground and also as a receiver. But um, I just think it's interesting that I and mean, we have definitely been hit hard with injuries, but then it's like even the players that are on the field aren't aren't doing a whole lot either. 
Well, sometimes it's, I don't think Ingram had a target until the touchdown pass. I do think it was progress that the two touchdown passes, first of all, that the Giants actually got two touchdown passes, mm -hmm. but you know, that they both went to tight ends. I think, I think that was, you know, progress in some respect. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just interesting because week after week, you know, Jason Garrett is, is another guy who, who I try to support. I try to defend. I try to say, look, he he's, he's doing the best that he can in a situation where, you know, they're trying to figure out every week who their offensive linemen are going to be, which means you got to figure out what you can block. Mm -hmm. And, and you probably have to, you know, a lot of times, leave extra bodies in to help in passing situations. And every week he's trying to figure out who his receivers are going to be. Is Engram going to be healthy? Is Shepard going to be there? Is Slayton going to be there? Is John Ross going to break down again? Is Kadarius Tony going to be able to be a real part of the game plan? You know, when is Kenny Galladay actually going to get a chance to practice? Right. So it's, it's not easy. And, and yet, you know, week after week, a lot of times I see plays that I like. I see certain things that I like. Mm -hmm. And then you realize you know, halfway through the fourth quarter that Evan Ingram hasn't had a target. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. You know, he, as much as we're all frustrated by Ingram sometimes, he is one of the guys who who can create a matchup for you. You know, he mm -hmm. is one of those guys mm -hmm. and you're like, wait a minute, we lost Sterling Shepard. Kadarius Tony's limited. Darius Slayton isn't really trustworthy these days. It seems like mm -hmm. can, can the whole offense be Daniel Jones runs around and, and dumps the ball off right. to Devonte Booker. Right. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. It's this, it's this weird this weird thing because it seems like that's really the only thing that's working which like I said Booker was really had he was really really impressive last night I thought I I was uh, I mean there were plays that I he just ran right up the middle and he just made he made something happen for the Giants a lot and um, but like the lack of receivers not a lot of receivers were involved and even Jones Jones didn't run for as many yards um last night which I felt like was also something the Giants maybe should have tried to take more advantage of. Um, they didn't really use him in that way. And, and honestly, the, the plays he did run on, he, he almost shouldn't have. There was, you know, the one main the, one that comes to mind. Is the, the third and one play? The third and one play? Yeah. I, what, what was that? <laughs> I I tweeted as soon as he did that. I I appreciate, I, I tweeted, you know, pitch the ball. Right. I right. mean, for crying out loud. Right. I appreciate the toughness. For but, sure. You know, Nick Nick Filato did his his five plays breakdown this morning. And mm -hmm. one of the one of the gifts that he showed was from that play. And for crying out loud, if you pitch the ball to Devontae Booker in that situation, it's not only a first down, it's probably a 10-yard gain. Right. Pitch the right. ball. Don't it, don't take the hit. Pitch the ball. Make life easy. Right. It, it was an odd. It was an odd decision making. A lot. It was. It was just really strange. I don't know. It's. It's kind of reminded me of when Jones really like what we saw on his first 
the first his first throw of the game was really the worst one that on the interception when he kind of targets a receiver and that's it. He kind of locks in and doesn't adjust to the play around him. I felt like that was sort of what happened, but on in a rushing way. He he just kind of chose to do this, was, and there was a really obvious. He was locked in, and he was going to run yeah. the ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was running the ball, and it, it, they're just. I mean, it's so obvious on the game film. I mean, even just watching it once, that he he just had he had Booker. He had just a more something that probably would have worked out better. But I I mean, in general, though, I like he he had. 12 rushing yards. Um, the receiving yards overall were just, I, they were just low. So there were, there weren't, there weren't a lot of playmakers involved in general. I don't know if that um, has anything to do. I mean, we've got the trade deadline today. I don't know if we'll see anything before that. I don't know if you want to share your thoughts on what last night could mean about that, but maybe that has something to do with it. Well, you know, the trade deadline didn't affect last night's game, but, I'm interested to see, I mean, the big name out there is Evan Ingram, and I'm interested mm-hmm. to see if Ingram is a giant, you know, by the end of the day. Um, we could talk about other guys, but I think the one that's realistic to move at this point is Evan Ingram, and it simply depends for me on the price tag. Mm-hmm. Now, if if you're only going to get a sixth or seventh round pick for Ingram, then, then I don't know if it's worth moving him. Mm-hmm. I think Evan Ingram could benefit from from a new location. I think maybe the Giants could benefit from moving on from Ingram just because there's so much chatter about Ingram and so much every time yeah. something goes wrong that he's involved in, you know what we hear and you know what we say and you know what we write and. I think that that a divorce might be good for both sides in the long run. I just have a hard time considering how many Giants receivers get hurt, considering that I know Caden Smith is playing on a bad knee, you know, that 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 the Giants really can use the skills that Ingram has when they finally got him the ball last night, he made a couple of plays for him. He scored a touchdown. He made a nice play on a, on a screen pass. Mm -hmm. I think both sides in the end could, could use a divorce, but uh, you know, but we'll see. I just have a hard time giving him up for a sixth or seventh round pick. I think that, you know, especially when you've already got 10 picks in the upcoming draft. Right. I think that maybe if if that's all you can get for Ingram, then maybe you play the comp pick game and try to get the rest of the season out of Ingram and let him go in the in the off season and and you know the comp pick game is 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 tough to play because it's all based on the contract that guy gets plus how many free agents you sign you know yourself that fit into that formula so it's no guarantee, mm-hmm. but. But if you can only get a six or seven for Ingram, I'm not sure if that's worth it. But he he's the, he's the name for me that that uh, that I'm really interested to see what'll happen here in the next few hours. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would I would have said him him as well. I think the Giants are in some too many um, difficult contract situations that other teams really wouldn't want to acquire, or or it just wouldn't be worth it for the Giants themselves. I feel like Ingram really is the best option, if any, as the deadline approaches, but you're, you're right. As we just spent a little while talking about with such a depleted 
wide receiving core and just receiving core in general, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult maybe to get rid of him at this time when there's, you know, when all you're getting is a sixth or seventh rounder. Right. If you want to be fair to Daniel Jones and you want to come away from this season with a decision on Daniel Jones. And I kind of think maybe we're already there. I kind of think that at the very least, we've seen enough from Daniel Jones to understand that maybe he's not the quarterback for the next eight or 10 years. Mm -hmm. But I think we know that he's the quarterback next year. You know, that's just how it is. The Giants have two first-round picks, and at this rate, they're both going to be early ones, you know, their pick and the Bears pick. Mm-hmm. But but there isn't a quarterback in the 2022 draft class that you can look at and bang the table and say, I know this guy is going to be better than Daniel Jones. There just isn't one. So yeah. you don't draft a quarterback. You draft offensive line help you draft an edge rusher you draft a cornerback you draft you know you you draft a linebacker if there's if there's a Micah Parsons in this draft that you you know that you really think can be a difference maker but that's what you do is you draft a couple of difference makers with those picks and try to continue to build this football team there's nobody there that's going to make you want to start over at the quarterback position so he's the guy next year but if you want to be fair to him and you want to have a chance to win some football games the rest of the year you can't just strip the guy of all the of all the weapons that the giants have so it's a it's a really tough call for the giants Em, i want to close with this it's just two and six more or less the halfway point of the season we'll kind of do a halfway wrap up maybe next week you know when the giants are on their bye after after the week nine game against las vegas it's just for me and i think people can tell from from the way that 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 i've approached this show it's really really frustrating for me i want to be objective i want to be analytical i don't want to be emotional i i I say all the time, I kind of put my fan card away a long time ago because I can't, I can't do this job every single day and write as much as I write and talk about this team as much as I talk about them. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I jump up and down and, and, and want to try to be a fan, but, but this is so frustrating to watch because yes, this roster has holes. Yes. This team has holes. It's not a perfect team, but this team should be better. Even with its injuries, this team should be better than two and six. It should be better than what we've seen so far. And it's, it's just, it's really frustrating. It's really disappointing to watch because this team has, Yes, they were outclassed by the Rams and the Cowboys, but I thought they could have been more competitive in those games. They weren't going to win those games, but could have been more competitive in those games. But this football team shouldn't be 2-6. It should be somewhere around 500. It should be representative. The season basically shouldn't be over at this point. And that's that's disappointing. It's frustrating. It's concerning, mm-hmm. you know, that that a year and a half into into the Joe Judge era that we're just not seeing 
the the progress that we thought we were going to see. Right. No, absolutely. I I think in you know, if a couple other calls go our way, we have a much more competitive record in in the division. I mean, it was it was an offside penalty yesterday because Darnay Holmes made the interception and then that was negated by by the penalty. And then I mean, it's tough as a Giants fan because you go to the Washington game and there was an offside penalty in that case too that allowed the field goal unit to move up and then allowed Dustin Hopkins to make the kick and Washington wins the game 30 to 29. It it's just it's happened enough that it's no longer a pattern. I mean, I, I completely agree with you that we can sit here and be like, we should have won at least three more games. Our record really should look like this. And so we should use this as morale moving forward, that this team isn't as bad as it seems. But at the end of the day, as I'm sure the Chiefs are telling themselves today as they wake up, yesterday was not a good win for them, but they got a win. They put a number in the right column. And at the end of the day, that's just something the Giants have not shown the ability to do. It's the same script over and over again. And while they're avoidable and while these were very winnable games, the fact that they can't close them and can't finish them speaks to the larger issue. Yes, it does. And 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 I don't know what the answers are. Am I just know that uh, that I think that we have gone on quite long enough <laughs> for uh, for for a. Uh, a, a therapy Monday, as mm-hmm. as I think we've 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 come to to think of these. All right, Giants fans, thank you very very much for listening. Please remember subscribe to us on YouTube, subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast applications. Thank you as always for listening. Please remember take care of each other, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.